All right, this is a, a very fast training. It should take 20 minutes. So it's at 121, I am done with this. So keep me accountable to that. Um, there's gonna be questions. I'll open up mics and cameras. Anybody can ask a question whenever they want. Um, the title is uh, how to make a quarter million dollars in your book before it's written. And that's not clickbait. That's actually real stuff that has been done um, many times by some people that I'm familiar with and have even worked with. Um, so what we're gonna talk about are these five major areas. The first one is laser focusing on large audiences. Second one is gonna be serving them, actually asking deep questions about their pain, solution, desires. They're gonna create a plan. And the plan is not just a book, it can be curriculum, some audio, video, multimedia stuff. And then we're gonna organize it. For our right brain people like myself who are not organized, hire it out. Um, and then we're gonna talk about continuously working and serving on an ongoing basis. So glad I have Kathy with us today because she could even chime in about the Go-Giver Method, which I'm very, very proud to be a part of. And that is integrated into our system. We'll talk about that after the 20 minutes are up. First thing, large communities. Um, there's a worksheet that um, you can download right now, or if I've already got it, go ahead and, and pull it up if you want. But it's very important to understand we're not going to be talking at all today about social media, about email marketing, about blogging or podcasts, any of that stuff. And the reason we're not going to talk about that is because it is, um, it is almost impossible to make a dent in the universe blogging or getting on a podcast or 10 or 100 or 1,000 even or putting things on social media. Facebook alone has 49 million posts an hour. How is your post about your book supposed to pierce that noise where people, you know, it gets shared to tens of thousands, or hundreds of thousands of people? It doesn't. The, the ocean is actually a real ocean. It's not just a, a metaphor here. So we're gonna definitely talk about large communities. And when we talk about large communities, I want you to think about in this work worksheet, a bunch of things here. There's obviously this psychographic, you know, what pain do they have? So we can don't fill this out later if you want. But when you think about your book idea, it could be entertaining, sure, and it should be, but it also should solve a problem for somebody. Like, what am I facing right now? If I'm um, brand new in a community and I have no friends, I go to the bookshelf and I see how to win friends, influence people. I'm going to buy that book. He actually read my mind of what I'm looking for. But the more specific you are, the better. And so that I'm gonna talk about thinking small, granularly, specifically about an individual, but executing in a large manner. And what I mean by that is making a database of your ideal clients, not only their psychographic, demographic, but where do they go, right? Where do they hang out? Are they a member of the American Heart Association? Well, you can you know, think about nonprofits, corporations, trade groups and universities as four main areas that we're gonna focus on for pre-selling your book idea. So the example I'll give is one of my clients, um, he's a financial planner, like we need another one of those. But he came to me his book and said, hey, um, I've got a financial planning idea book for the collegiate athlete. Now, a collegiate athlete, like a college sports guy, I don't have any money, what are you talking to them for? He says, well, when they're a collegiate athlete, the top ones from high school, get scholarships. Ah, I'm going to go pro. They don't focus on their financial intelligence. And when they go from high school to college, they're in a big new ocean of talent. They don't all go pro. Most The ratio is, is quite small. They might not be prepared for a financial um, you know, lifestyle. So there's a problem number one. Problem number two is when they do go pro, they have no financial intelligence either. And their, their rate of bankruptcy is much higher 
than a person who didn't go pro than the average person. So in either case, he's got a rich audience there who needs financial education, does not have it or is not afforded to them. So his book, Financial Excellence for the Collegiate Athlete, is designed for that specific audience. Who cares? Well, he took the time, we'll talk about that in a minute, and the connections, we'll spend more time on that, to make sure that he got his book in front of those large communities. I'm going to air quotes that, large communities. And he's inked a deal to move 63,000 books to one nonprofit. That's $1.2 million of books to one technically small community. You know, it's a nonprofit that serves the collegiate athletes for junior colleges, even not even major universities, for junior colleges. But his deal for 63,000 books is $1.2 million of volume. That's selling the actual book. That does not include the things that most publishers, authors think about, which is the other benefits of your book. Most people think about it, and I thought about it for 12 years, that you don't make money from a book. You make money because of the book. I'm a, a published author. Now I can get a speaking gig. Now I get a consulting contract. Now I can create a curriculum for training or education. That's all true. We're talking today about actually selling books. Okay, so large communities, um, your homework assignment, if you want to do that right now or tonight, is to make a list of all the communities that you think would be interested in your idea, topic, whatever it would be, right? And make that database large and make it big. Do not hold back on that at all. I mean, when I mentioned the American Heart Association or the Michael J. Fox Foundation, these are organizations that I personally contacted and they called me back for another client. So take any filters, any fear you have of who you want to talk to off the table. This program, this idea of selling, pre-selling your book only works if you have um, confidence. If you don't have that, we need additional training. Um, the second thing to do, oops, let me get my screen here, move forward, is asking them. And this is the part that most authors and even a lot of marketers, they kind of slide on this one. It's like, hey, you know what? I've got this idea. I know they'll like it. Um, I'm going to do a poll on Facebook and see if they like the cover. We do that for our clients all the time. But what about if you are talking to AARP, for example, and you take a look at what other books are promoting, look, take a look at their education library. Um, wow, they've got all these topics here. I, my topic has already been spoken about here. They've already talked about what I want to write about. I probably shouldn't approach them, right? Wrong. What you should probably do is call them up on the telephone and talk to the librarian there and ask them what people are asking for what's popular, and explore any potential gaps. There's always a gap to be exploited. It doesn't happen on an email. It might not happen the first call or two. Perseverance, patience are critical elements during this survey and research phase. And like I said, most authors, they blow past this or they do it in a very light fashion. If you want to move a quarter million dollars of the books, you know, before you write it, before it's written, you got to spend months on this part right here on this slide, getting feedback and keeping it fluid. What if their idea is not in perfect alignment with yours? Can you adapt yours to fit theirs or vice versa? So keeping it fluid and flexible is really important. I put the word collaborate here in bold because that's the essence of this communication, the surveys, the focus group, the research. You're not pitching them your idea. You're not selling them your book. Matter of fact, I would... Take that word out of your brain for the next six months. You're not going to sell a darn thing. 
You're going to ask, interview, collaborate. And certainly you can use tools to get started, like SurveyMonkey or Facebook polls. But the highest value you will get from all this part, and there's a lot more to this, this takes about, uh, it takes in our training program, we spent a good solid month on this section alone, is in-person meetings. Hello, COVID. That's right. Getting in front of somebody. That might mean driving or flying somewhere and meeting the director of a large organization for 15 minutes. And of course, I encourage you to, you know, make more than one meeting at, the, at the, you know, that kind of expense. But it doesn't matter because in-person meetings are going to set you so far ahead of everybody else out there who is trying to connect with that person, you're going to win. Even if you don't win directly, you'll win indirectly from the confidence you'll get, from the connections you'll make, and probably from the ideas you can manipulate, collaborate on to fit your book into their, their stream. So asking questions, meeting people, getting feedback and collaboration is what this is really all about. If you can do that effectively, and there's a lot uh, more to that, We'll talk about that uh, another time. Once you've got some ideas and you've got five or six interested parties, whether it be nonprofit, corporation, universities, it's time to create your plan, okay? A lot of people start out like myself as a solopreneur. It's just me and my idea, my computer. How am I going to go ahead and build a business, write a book, and you know, make a difference in the world? You've got to have a team. You cannot do this alone. There don't have to be full-time employees. You could hire people out for this, certainly but you must build a team, a dream team, like the Rat Pack here. You know, we wanna start off, oh, I'm gonna just, you know, do something cheap here and get my brother-in-law to help me, uh, you know, do my cover. Uh, no, okay, that's not a dream team. That's a broke-ass team. We don't do that. You're not gonna do that and then call up uh, a large nonprofit and say, I've got this idea for a book, what do you think? You better be professional. And that requires investing some resources into that. So profile your dream team. Who would you want on your team? Could it be somebody in marketing or writing? There's, there's operations and there's creativity. There's left and right brain stuff. We'll talk about that in a minute. But your job as a authorpreneur is not to write a book, okay? Your, your job is to build a, a powerful team that can collaborate with these larger entities and deliver what they need and make a seven-figure business out of it, okay? So that means leadership. And I would encourage anybody to make that a constant um, companion and your, and your reading, right? You've got to actually be a, a perpetual student of leadership and communication and the new way to do sales, which is by giving. And then as you're doing this, document it. You know, you've got, to, you've got to document this stuff. You can't just think about it and put it on a whiteboard. You've actually write a plan down there and make sure it makes sense. Your team, your organization, your expectations, where you want this thing to go. And of course, from that, and from your interviews and your ideas, eventually a book does get popped into this whole stream here, but it's not the first thing. It's like step three is to start working on the book itself after you've got the collaborative input and the team to pull this off. And of course, our company is, we have uh, professional ghostwriters and developers and editors and journalists to pull it out for our clients. But if you could write it yourself if you've got the skills. And even if you do, please hire a good editor to go with it. Um, when it comes to organizing it and outsourcing it, um, this is this is probably you know more about me than you, but maybe it is isn't. I don't know. But our thoughts, our brains, are a mess. I think the statistics might be a little bit looseness, but like ninety percent of what we think about today are the identical thoughts we had yesterday because it goes around and around and around in our head. 
So when you come to think about how I can get this book done, how I can make a difference in the world, how I can make a quarter million dollars on my very first or this, this book you're working on, always remember that you've got certain skills and you've got um, a propensity to be more organized or more creative. Or like my wife, she's equally part of both. But some people have a, um, most people have a, um, a, strong, a strong side, right? So I'm more creative. I need help. I need somebody to help me with my organization, organization, right? And speaking. So make sure you've got that team that can fill in those gaps. Get help no matter where you are to build this thing. Um, when it comes to tools, there's thousands of them. In fact, we call these things shiny objects, the shiny object syndrome for entrepreneurs, where oh, a really cool tool comes here. It's only $49 a month and it'll help me do X. That's fine. You can make a list of these tools. And if you want, we have a conversation, I'll give you a list of my essential ones. I sometimes add and I delete ones after not using them or not effective after a period of time. But it's a core group that stick with me forever. And those are the ones to key in on to help you build this because you can't do it with a quill pen, all right? You need obviously the computer to get started and then a couple of core elements to make yourself organized, efficient, and productive. And the last thing on this slide would be um, my favorite topic, which is accountability. Um, there's a University of Michigan study that showed that 81% of people think about writing a book. It's come across their brain at some point. Hey, I thought about it. My mom said I should write a book. My boss said I should write a book. My wife said it. Less than 1% of people ever pull it off. And there's a couple of really good reasons for that. Most of them are completely false. Perhaps you've thought of it. I don't have the time. Who would want to listen to me? It's already been written. There's probably a dozen more, though. They, they generally roll into those three areas. I don't have time. Who would listen to me? And it's already been said, right? And all those can be debunked very quickly, okay? Nobody has extra time, okay? Everyone's busy. There's time management stuff out the wazoo. The reason our company is successful and backlogged is because we do it all for our clients. Our CEO clients and our executives do not have a time or let alone the skill to craft a story, a page turning story that makes sense to people. We've got to have a team to pull that off. Um, to be accountable to somebody, to say, listen, I'm going to pull this off is the first step, is the very first, it's, it's probably the fundamental area that you need to pull all this together. When you're accountable to somebody else, you, you, uh, you tend to get things done. So you may or may not be a procrastinator. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about your 81 percenters thinking I should do a book and you know, most of you dropping out because of these issues. But when you stake the claim, I'm going to come out with this book, I'm going to pull it off and you don't have to publish it. But if you have an accountability system to make sure you do it, you'll get it done. Last line, this goes to my, my friend Kathy and Bob Berg, continuously serve, right? There's a huge difference between being an author and being a journalist or being a publisher and being a collaborator or being a salesperson, all right? These are all different words that mean something to somebody. When you start contacting large organizations, if there's even a hint of you being a salesperson or thinking about selling that book, that organization, you will get kicked out faster than you can, than you can imagine. You, you must approach every contact with no agenda. Hey, I'm here as a journalist. I want to find out what's going on in your ecosystem, in your environment, in your industry. 
to see what's happening, what the good things are, what the challenges are. I'm writing an article about it. I'm writing a book about it. Can you give me five minutes of your time so I can explore that with you? That's all you got to say. I've got plenty of swipe files and a whole, whole process map to pull it off for anybody. Anybody can be a journalist. Remember when before there were blogs, they were like, you know, actual journalists. Now there's like anyone can be a vlogger, a blogger, okay, a, a citizen journalist. And it's much more accepted than being a salesperson trying to sell something. Collaborator versus publisher is also a very nuanced difference. When you are publishing something, you're asking someone to buy. When you're a collaborator, you're asking them to make money with you. Huge difference, actually. So make sure that when you're talking to these large organizations, you do not approach them as or call yourself a publisher. After you get past the journalist phase, say, listen, we're thinking about putting you guys in chapter seven and 11 and 12. Um, can I send you the manuscript before we, before we go to proof to get your feedback on it, to get your approval, collaborate with them. And once you've done that, where do you move to after that? They go, wow, this is great. How many copies can we get? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Now, now you're a joint venture partner. You're no longer an author. You're no longer a publisher. You're definitely not a salesperson. You've taken this whole system and it takes months or sometimes over a year to pull this together. But when you do it in this fashion and continuously serve your audience, you're going to win. It's, it's very simple. So the entrepreneur essence is create and collaborate with your audience before it's published. That's the basis of it. And build personal connections. Do not depend on email or social media. It has removed us and our hearts from society. Get on the phone at a very, minim, very bare minimum. Get on the phone and have a conversation with people. And if you can pull it off, go meet people in person, right? Get that done because at this point in life, you're going to definitely stand out. And we, you know, communication is so vital now when it's visual and tactile in front of you. So do that and focus on who it's going to be. Surely you want to go see your friends or, um, you know, other people, but focus on those large engaged communities on a one-on-one -on -one basis. You're going to win. And that's the essence of what we're doing here. So thinking small in terms of small problems, small groups is great, but then acting large is important. And last point on that before we close out, when you start talking to these people about their ideas and collaborating, don't forget the CEO of a nonprofit is a celebrity in their world. That might be a great person to write the forward for your book. I've got a lot of keys, um, uh, insights and ideas on that. If you want to get some free resources, you can go to uh, dougcrow.site forward slash download. There's a bunch of uh, PDFs and things I've prepared there for you. And then if you want to talk about your idea in a more advanced level with the training today, you can just book a call with me by going to dougcrow.link forward slash call. And I'll be happy to uh, have a chat with you and talk about your book idea. This is a picture of a process map of what we go through to pull this off. The book, the actually writing part is in the middle. This is all the pre-work that we talked about today. Uh, with that, I hit my 21 minutes and 41 seconds, so I'm right on schedule considering I started a minute late. So the uh, uh, thank you, little Kathy's kick clapping there. I'm open up for questions. I thank you, Dave. Thanks, David. Um, you can chat uh, in the chat. You can ask a question. You can uh, turn off your microphone and ask me personally, whatever you want to do. I am all ears, all for you. Whatever I can do to serve you, let me know. And I'll leave it open for two minutes, so I don't want to say you're going. No questions. So don't be shy. 
Kathy, you're thinking of something. I don't know. Go ahead. You get, oh, I, have to, I asked to unmute. There we go. I clicked the ask to unmute button. Is it working? There we go. No. Yeah. There you go. Ask away, Kathy. Well, I just want to say thank you so much. This was so helpful. Um, what a great process. And I totally agree that you've got to get out there and, and talk with people. You cannot just rely on social media. Yeah. So very yeah. well. Thank you. Uh, just so you know, folks, um, Kathy is the uh, partner for Bob Berg, the man who like, basically changed my life with uh, his books, Endless Referrals and a Goal-Giver Series. So when I talk about endlessly serving, that's what they do. That's where I know that once you get a, a conversation going with a, a person, you got to keep it going, keep serving, because it all comes back to you. So thank you, Kathy. Thank you, Dad. Anybody else? Thomas, you got a question? Are we cutting? Oh, I have to, put, I have to click the ask to unmute button, I guess. Oh, yeah. Click that, ask to unmute. Let's unmute everybody. How do I do that? That's my people. Thanks, Doug. Fire away, um, man. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'll be working on my seventh book. Oh, my gosh. Uh, first, first one was published by that large organization you're talking about, the, uh, the uh, American Consulting Engineers Council. Nice. It was on microcomputers back in the 80s before the, just about the time the PC came out. So wow. um, that was a, but I had already written it. And it just was basically reformatted and got it published. I uh, guess I had a newsletter going that time. Oh, nice. Uh, then I did a whole holistic side. So just kind of flip brains <laughs> from one side to the other and, and wrote books. The holistic and, engineer, no? Huh? The holistic engineer? The holistic engineer, yes. Well, we were engineering holism, I guess. But the, okay. no, we wrote, uh, I got about 50 different practitioners. We're actually about 120 different practitioners together. Wow. And we formed a, a text, okay. a textbook with ads. Nice. And that was great. So they wrote it. I edited it and mm -hmm. published it yeah, good. and gave it away <clears throat> gave it, wow we don't do that we want to sell books but okay well <clears throat> the giving away part now this is okay i just i just came up with a question i was reading the other day that that one of the the things that you should make sure that you have enough enough books and enough that you have enough extra that you can give them away to people as a as a credibility device yeah, in other words, I have an you, opinion. I have an opinion about that. You have a question, or me to say my opinion on giving away a book? Good, I like that. Go. Um, <laughs> I was talking to Laurel Langmire once. She's a three times New York Times bestseller. She was uh -huh. on a business class flight overseas at the at the bar where you walk at seven forty seven. You walk up uh -huh. to the top, the bar there, and talking to some other first class person. I mentioned she's an author. Had a book with her, and she said to the guy, "Yeah, you want it?" And he says, "Yeah." He goes twenty bucks. She's yep. in first class on a 747 going to Australia from US and charged the guy 20 bucks for her book. And she did that not because neither of them can't afford it. It doesn't, you know, they're frying first class overseas. It was the value. When you give away a book, it's a business card. How many business cards do you have that you've actually called on? Oh, let me see here. Oh, geez. What do I do with these? You know? <laughs> I've got about. This video. Right, right. And they just uh, sit there. I don't know why. The books. Well, I've I've already connected with them all on LinkedIn. So <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so people value what they pay for, bottom line. Yeah. So even if 20 bucks, I don't recommend giving away a book with the exception of if they're already a client or you're working with them in some fashion with this value there, then it's okay. 
one of my clients does um uh software for digital displays. I'm like, you want to do a book about digital displays, but he's a good storyteller, told some great stories of how they impacted companies. Great. Um, we finished his book. I try to get him on a podcast with me. He said, I'm too busy. I said, we haven't talked about marketing yet. He goes, I don't need any marketing for my book, Doug. I just gave the copy to my like 1800 clients and I can't even handle a business coming in from it. So if you've got a database of people that are engaged, you can give away your book to clients, but I would not right. give away okay. to prospects or anybody else. Just okay. don't value it. Yeah. Only, only to clients. Okay. In my opinion, I can do what you want. Of to clients. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I also found that uh, when I was doing the newsletter, I used to give away free copies, but it was much better if I got their information and sent them there three different promos. And right. I had a 20, 20% conversion rate versus zero. There you go. So you already <laughs> understand the concept. Okay. Thomas yeah. got a question. Go ahead, Thomas. I think I, I asked a mute. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Oop. Try Come to off. unmute yourself today. I'm clicking, I'm clicking the button. Ask to unmute. You probably both clicked it at the same time. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Okay. All right. So uh, I guess my question would be, um, I deal a lot. My clientele is mostly federal government, state government. Um, does this process change any? Because especially whenever you're talking about uh, uh, there, there's there's rules around some of yeah. what my potential clients would, would see. Right. As, you, you can probably add a zero to my number and then double up on the time it takes. The government printing office is the largest publisher on the planet. They print more stuff than anybody else. So there's a lot of documentation that's going out from them. But once you've got a deal done, it's, it's, it's pretty big time. They also have, um, as, a, as a strange thing, I haven't done this myself, so I can't talk about it too much, but there's also a lot of publications that are in the public domain with them that people can repurpose and use and sell, you know, otherwise. But if you work at the government, um, I have a couple connections there that could help you with that, but there's, um, it's huge opportunities. As you know, it just takes longer to get through the, the maze of approvals and whatnot. But once you got a deal done, it's, it's like printing money. That's what they do. Yeah. Anything else? I don't want to keep you any more than half an hour unless you want somebody got a long conversation. Kathy, you're good. Does it wave by? Okay. All right. I look forward to talking again in the future, guys. Um, any questions? Uh, Kenton, feel free to reach out. Okay. Bye bye.